it's time to cover all things Catholic in the heart of South and Central Texas. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network, get ready to rise and walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. And good afternoon, friends and listeners of Rise and Walk here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are back. Thank you for joining Julie and me today here on Rise and Walk. Pretty exciting show today, right, Julie? We're very excited because we're going to talk about things that maybe a lot of people don't even know about, which is going to be really great discovery for you and I and our listeners. So we're really excited about it. Amen. And then, you know, usually I I start off by uh, jumping into the prayer. Absolutely. Uh, But since today's guest, I'm going to let you know who it is. Usually I take my time before I do that. (laughs) Father John Meffridge, and I'm I'm of the Melkite and Byzantine Outreach. And if I said that wrong, I'm sure he'll correct me as soon as we get going on this. Um, He's going to start us off uh, with an opening prayer today, and we'll jump right into that. Uh, So, Father, would you please uh, get us going with our opening prayer? Okay, I'll start with uh, our prayer to the Holy Spirit. It is Amen. a prayer said at every prayer service in our church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Heavenly King, O Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who are in all places and fills all things, treasury of good things, giver of life, come, abide in us, cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls, O gracious Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful. Wow. So this past weekend, uh, Julie was um, packed with lots of stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun because we feel like we're getting back into the public. I mean, think about it. We've had like, what, eight months, nine months of virtually no events or virtual events, really. <laughs> virtual, <laughs> and, yeah. and we've been to, we were at an event the, the previous weekend um, with uh, a woman's haven and then this weekend we were at an event, you were at one event, two events, and I was at one of those yes, events. Yes, yes, And we're just having a bunch of fun getting together with Catholics who are still on fire and very much um, working in the in the world to yeah. bless it and make it holy. Yeah, so. you know, it's funny how uh, wherever we went, uh, of course, we went to the King's Fair. Awesome. I took me and, and uh, to myself, hey, yes, uh, I took three of our, I said, we think we call them our littles. Um, Ava, Elijah, and, and Stella <laughs> to the Kings for at Our Lady Atonement uh, Catholic Church and Atonement Academy. And there, and then we, had, we I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Natural Womanhood event, but at both places, the first mm-hmm. topic, of course, that people are asking us about is the election. And I keep telling people, with oh, yeah. all the confidence in the world, keep praying. Keep yeah, praying. it's definitely the, the topic of most discussions, and people are um, somewhat isolated because of, you know, the circumstances, but also very eager to discuss things. And I think it's also because everyone wants to be encouraged in their prayer life. They want to be encouraged and and maybe don't know what's going on specifically because maybe some of the media has not given them correct information. So it's really beautiful to hear Catholics who are faithful, asking questions, encouraging each other, asking each other to continue to pray. I know you and I are on several text groups where we're being encouraged to pray. (laughs) It's beautiful because um, you have a collective group of people um, giving you uh, true resources and helping you see the truth instead of the um, fog that's happening out there in the world. And, And we wanted to mention the topic because it's very important whether whether your candidate wins or loses, the most important thing to do is to pray for God's perfect will. We talked about this last week and how we have to remember that our Lord and Savior is absolutely in control of the entire situation. He knows exactly what the perfect scenario is, and he's going to do it. And we have to ask God to help us conform our wills to his. And so do not be afraid. Do not worry. Pray Pray that God's will be done. Pray that we follow his will and pray that the person that God wants and and he'll do whatever he wants to do 
will lead us back to him. And I'm, my prayer is that that will be what our country experiences, Amen. conversion. Amen. Absolutely. Right, cool. Um, so oh, again, I took Elijah, Ava, and Stella to the King's Fair. Yeah, we love going totally out there. Fun. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. In years past, last year was our first time attending, but in years past, and I would always hear on the Monday following the King's Fair, hey, Richard, we didn't see you at the King's Fair. I'm like, dude, it looks so fun because <laughs> usually people are dressed and they're got in their costumes. Yeah, they and go so all forth. out. I mean, they go mm-hmm. all out. You know, the setting of the parish, you look back and well, it it's very perfect. Of castles course. And, and, and it just, it's just a beautiful setting. And, and again, in those Mondays, I'm like, dude, you're supposed to tell me before the event <laughs> so we can go to the event. I didn't know what was even going well, on. Well, the kids were actually looking forward to attending this year because you came back from last year's event talking so highly about it and, and just telling them it was so, so fantastic. So, yeah, you really had a good time. There was beautiful pictures. You put yeah, some great pictures on I mean, Facebook. I, and I enjoyed it. Of course, Elijah and I both took swords. I took my St. George always sword. Always a great and, opportunity for a guy to have a sword yeah, in his hand. Cool. He, he, yeah, <laughs> Swung that sword around, I'm, I'm sure. I'm going to kind of reveal something because Elijah's working <laughs> on it between now and next year. He's actually making chain mail. We cut, oh, yes, he is. Yes, he's, I bought him some wire. Like literally making He's spinning the mail. wire. He's, he's cutting the wire. He's, he's putting all it, uh, the no links kidding. together to make some chain. So that's going to be pretty he's, cool. So yeah. sorry, Elijah. I so got he'll the be decked out. out for the next, um, yes. the next um, fair. <laughs> and we saw a lot of people. We, of course, we know quite a number of the parishioners and people that attend yes. the Atonement Academy and the parish Atonement as well. Atonement is a beautiful, beautiful They had lots community. of games. And it was kind of neat because I know a lot of parishes have been foregoing their parish festivals mm-hmm. uh, because of COVID and, and some restrictions here and there. But it seems like uh, a lady told me um, took a lot of those considerations in mind. You know, after sure. every game we were playing, they were they were sanitizing the the ball or the mm-hmm. whatever it is we were touching, and they did a great job of doing that. So a lot of kids games, family friendly games, the food of course, very well. Uh, the the area was sanitized. You know, you paid with your phone with your app, so you don't have to worry about touching. Oh anything wow, really? That's yeah, cool. it was pretty neat. I liked it. Yeah, uh, we definitely bought a lot more because it's easier to do with your phone. Right? Okay, give me three <laughs> of those. Give me just, more. It doesn't feel real like you're spending yeah, real money. Yeah, so yes, and the the event is very conducive to. I mean, it's mostly outdoors anyway, right? So everything happens in the beautiful grounds. And the weather was gorgeous. The parish, yeah. Yes. So God was very and, good. And their drama club came in and uh, acted out a scene from Macbeth. Macbeth. I heard was, about that. Oh, I, like, I hey. heard about one particular girl who was fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Our, our old, oldest daughter who went to the event um, is a huge fan of Shakespeare and just said, Mom, it was really fantastic. It was a great scene. So, yeah. yeah. Pretty neat. Um, but, you know, I love how, and I'm not sure they, they capped it all off with, but you know, last year they had uh, some people on horses and the armor oh, yes. and they were doing some, I guess, jousting and showing off all the different <laughs> skills. And it was pretty neat. Well, this year they had a Birds of Prey uh, I'm sure we said exhibition. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that was. Uh, duh, birds of prey. Okay, <laughs> uh, they had a falcon there. They had a pygmy pygmy falcon, a little bitty thing. They had a wow. a great horned. Uh, I think it was a horned owl, a big thing. And then they had the, the smaller owls. They didn't realize small. Some of the other owls at full grown size are like little bitty. Wow. Some of them eat roaches just oh. by sound. I, mean, I know you just, did come I, home with some stories. I was like, <laughs> tell me the cute part. It, it, Don't it tell me, me the gross really part. Was, they had a vulture, <laughs> and all these were trained. They were and so out. they were doing demonstrations, right? Right? Yes. And these birds were actually flying yes. there on the grounds and they were showing, they were teaching you about them. Leave it to Otoma. They just such beautiful events. I, I have no doubt that it was fantastic. And a lot of people learned, not only did they have fun and come together as a community, but a lot of people learned about different well, aspects of the, of this time of, I, I, of I love history they, you're talking about. You know, the way they tied it together, you know, do, do you choose the bird uh, to go hunt with mm-hmm. depending on what the king wanted to eat. So if he wanted the dove, they used a bird that caught bird, flying birds. And he wow. they taught you how the bird would fly right behind the, the bird the bird that it was going to hunt or catch wow. for a while. And fast. 
and they waited for that bird to slow down or make a change, and, <laughs> and it would happen like that. Ooh. Or if it was a rabbit, if the king wanted, was it Hassan Pfeffer? What do you call that? You know, Bugs Bunny? <laughs> oh, anyway, um, it, it, it was neat. And then that they, sounds awesome. It was really fun. And then they they brought out a golden eagle. A I obviously had no eagle. clue how big this thing was. Was it huge? So it was huge. Is it bigger than a ball three eagle? Feet, maybe. I don't think it's as uh, as big as, but it was it was just huge. And the lady carried wow. it. Like, you could tell it took some muscle to hold this thing. And then wow. it flew. I mean, it was so awesome <laughs> to see. Yeah, so if was, you're not getting inspired by this conversation, <laughs> I don't. you must be dead. Because I feel like people really need to attend this event next year. We had a lot of friends who came out just because you mentioned it to them. And, and they were like, yeah, let's get out and do something fun. It's a perfect opportunity to spend time together with a beautiful community on gorgeous grounds and do fantastic things. So Amen. make sure and mark your calendar for next year because I have no doubt they're going to be out doing it again. Amen. Cool. Um, Amen. Shifting gears a little bit. So then I had to take off home and get ready for Natural Womanhood. Natural Womanhood, event, which was a fantastic uh, event. With keynote speaker Jason Everett. So people have heard of him before. Him and yeah. his wife, Crystalina. Have- you may know him from the Chastity Project or Chastity.com. He and his wife, Crystalina, have been featured on EW Chan for years. That's how we know of them. And it's so funny because my kids said, How old is Jason? And I was he like, like, Oh, 12. he's. He's a baby. He's young. And they, of course, you know, kids, they Google everything. So my daughter was like, oh, my gosh, mom, he's he's uh, what did they say? Forty five. What do you think? I was yeah, like, ish. well, he's still a baby because <laughs> we're not. <laughs> but but you I feel like I've seen him grow up on EWTN and he's his um, beautiful ministry of chastity. He and his wife are speakers all over the place. His wife has a new show on EWTN on Saturdays where she talks to women. Um, it's just, they're, they're a beautiful couple living their Catholic faith very powerfully. And he talks a lot about theology of the body. And it's just, he's a real resource. And this guy is, his feet are on the ground. He's traveling, what, to eight continents, I think the introduction said. He's yeah. been all over the world and they spoke to millions of people before uh, about chastity and purity and the body and all things fertility. So he was a perfect speaker for natural womanhood. And this event was outstanding. Yeah. He was really great. You know, he's got some books out there. I'm going to show one of them really quickly on a pure manhood. Easy read. Kind of like the kind of book I read because it's so small. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, they gave those away. But they're, you know, with their, on their website, chastityproject.com, uh, they've got more of these Tons available. Of resources. Show them the books that you have with Absolutely. You. We also received um, these. Every attendee actually did. Pure Intimacy from uh, How Your Marriage Can Benefit from Natural Family Planning and Pure Womanhood by his wife, Crystalina, and just the whole event was excellent, and I must tell you that uh, Natural Womanhood, we featured uh, Gerard um, on the show before, and we had Jackie last week from uh, the organization also. If you are at all interested in the topic, and I get, I would imagine every single person of the universe should be interested, because if you're a woman, you're interested. If you're a man, you need to be interested, because this has everything to do with your marriage and your your spouse and also if you've got teenagers if you got young adults even if you've got they talked a lot about what jason mentioned because someone asked you know when is it time to have the talk with your child your young adult your teen about the beauty of the body and fertility and chastity and all the things that are bound up together in that and he he had a beautiful answer with which was basically summed up as you need to gauge the child's maturity and of course you give them information according to that basis but it's so important because parents nowadays are too afraid to say the truth too afraid to speak it because it's just an awkward situation or at least they feel like it is and they decide to let their kids learn from the media and the Oof. culture and from everything that is anti-purity, anti-chastity, anti-Catholic. So this this 
Natural Womanhood is a fantastic resource. Go online, visit the website, and then also visit um, chastity.com because their website is fantastic too. It sure is. And I know it's funny how... Um, as we were getting to meet some of the people there, doing a little mingling, of course, again, people asked us about the vote and praying and all that good stuff. We told them the same thing we just finished Totally saying. great discussion. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody. big time. Um, you know, you're, I think you're talking to Deacon uh, David Delaney or somebody, and I walked off and, and talked to uh, <laughs> and somebody, and I came back and I gave you the card. Hey, sweetie, you know, here you You go. did it again. Uh, you are notorious for, for meeting. Richard Raina knows everybody. So I'll be in a room, and I'll look across the room, and I'll say, oh, my gosh, I think that's so-and-so or whatever, because... Catholic world uh, speakers, I'm really big on listening. I love learning every moment of the day. I'm listening to somebody, doing a podcast, reading, listening to a beautiful homily, just trying to learn all things Catholic. I looked across the room and I thought I saw someone that I listened to, but I thought, no, what are the, I know she's in San Antonio. And so I thought to myself, that can't possibly be her. (laughs) And then you come and sit down at the table and you say, oh yeah, I just talked to Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse. And I was like, what? That really is her? And you were just so casual. You do that to me all all the time and and of course i'm nowhere near you and so you beautifully invited her over and we got to meet her there were some big dogs there well, but you, there were some great you were talking people to, I, I take it back it wasn't david delaney deacon david delaney at this point it mm-hmm. was sue bars yes sue bars who's Who? also famous on ew10 and her daddy is famous too because she's a psycho, Conrad, yes. psychotherapist yes and she was featured on janet bankovic's show back in the day and i just think she's fabulous and i get to sit right next to her so there are people in the catholic world who are following catholicism faithfully in all aspects of public life and it is so wonderful to meet these people in person and to be encouraged by them to learn from them and to continue to pursue living your life being Catholic is awesome. It is. And and we need to strive <laughs> to grow in holiness and to take all the risks. God gives you every single moment of every day to grow in holiness and to learn his truth. And if we take that opportunity, we will. We just have to conform ourselves to his will. Sounds easy to say it in one sentence. But if we surround ourselves with all things Catholic and faithful, we will do that. Amen. 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 So with that, last little part in our banter, um, next week, at, you know, next I week know. is Christ the King. Doesn't the world so spin really fast? It is. I can't believe <laughs> Even it's Even in a pandemic. Um, so we're, we're going to give people some, some tidbits regarding Advent. This is really important to me because you and I, as moms and dads, I mean, we know that the year spins fast. And even in the pandemic, you're busy about the world, doing things, school and work and just everything. And it's so important to remember to live your life liturgically. This is something that you and I learned late in our, in our adult, well, in our early adulthood when we became parents and married. We, we were reawakening to our Catholic faith or waking really because yeah, we're lifetime say. Catholics and really didn't know squat. Yep. And we've now learned to order our lives and our year around the liturgy and all about the church is so beautiful. Every single part of it has a purpose and a meaning and a beauty and a loveliness and a truth. And if we encourage our families to live the liturgical year in their in their actual daily lives, what a joy and, and what a beautiful like, thing. Okay, so oh, we want to talk about next week, we want to talk about all the things that you can do within your family to create new traditions, to follow traditions of the church, and really make this Advent beautiful. You know, Advent is a time of penitence. And I think we get so excited, especially now with this crazy pandemic going on. Everyone wants to rush to Christmas. 
I know we've even heard of people putting up their Christmas trees already right after Halloween and stuff. I really think it's important <laughs> to embrace. Put a Facebook post yes, of her Christmas tree already. Yes, I know. And I totally like, get it. So Listen, fast. I totally get it. I love all things Christmas. Our Lord's birthday is just fantastic, and it's a beautiful time to celebrate. But we have to remember the church in her wisdom teaches us how glorious it is to follow her paths. And Advent is a time to to prepare and to be um, penitential and to sacrifice and to pray. And and God is telling us very specifically with all the craziness that's going on in 2020. I know so many people are anxious to have 2020 finished. You know, I think we might even have to have <laughs> Michelle McLean on to talk about oh, the things. Be, that's my hope that we can, you know, figure out how to get her on here. We want to talk about ways to make your family live that liturgical life. And Advent's coming up and let's do this. Let's be Catholic. You know, it's funny, one little tip before we go to break is, you know, when we used to go to Mass, you know, ordinary time, we'd wear green uh, uh, during a uh, special but season. But think we didn't uh, used to do that. I know, I, I know, can remember I showing up on Sunday to Holy Mass and not having a clue. Right. What, you know, Christ what the King, we all gold kind of a thing. And But we would show up and I'd be like, oh, it's the Feast of the Holy Family. I didn't yeah. even know that. I mean, we were so clueless about the liturgy. And I'm not saying that to bash people who really right now don't know. Believe me, we were there. Yeah. But it's so beautiful when you do pay attention to the liturgical calendar because you are feasting all the time. There's so much to celebrate. And so when you learn and you live your life liturgically, it, it, it makes everything brighter, your family life, your personal life, your marriage, your children's lives. It's a joy. Yeah, I know we would wear, we would all coordinate, yeah. we would match. No kidding, like we wear purple during Advent. I yes. mean, it's crazy, and, late, I mean, and it sounds out of control, and sometimes yeah. it but probably it is out of control. But it got to the point where if there was a, a Sunday that we didn't match, People you know, would say, what's up with no, y'all? Well, they'd pull me aside and say, is Julie not feeling well? Did something well? happen? Why aren't y'all dressed yeah, in well, purple? Or, is Julie yeah. sick? Because, you know, how come y'all? I'm like, hey, I take part of this and too. I'd say, so. you know, things were a little bit crazy, so oh, we're, well. we're normal. But the idea is that you really, really have to learn or it would be beautiful to live liturgically. And that's what we're hoping to encourage you to do next week with Advent suggestions. So don't miss next week's show. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with Father John Meffridge yes. of the Byzantine Melkite Outreach. I know, again, I'm saying it wrong, of San Antonio. But folks, we'll be right back with more. Stay tuned for more Rise and Walk here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi there, Richard Reina here. On December 1st, we'll begin our 2020 Christmas share to help keep Catholic Radio on the air here in South and Central Texas. We'll be celebrating our 20-year anniversary of the Guadalupe Radio Network and ask that you please call in to renew your pledge or become one of the new GRN family members helping to keep our airwaves Catholic. Thank you and know that we pray for you every single day. You're listening to Rise and Walk with my dad and mom, Richard and Julie Reyna. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. The San Antonio Byzantine and Melkite Catholic community will be having an Advent calendar raffle. There'll be four drawings for four chances to win. Each drawing will be live streamed on Facebook, December 6th, 13th, 20th, and 27th. Tickets are $10 each, and for a link to purchase the tickets, visit their website, MelkiteCatholicSA.com. Or you can connect with them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MelkiteCatholicSA. The proceeds of the drawing go to their church beatification and building fund. Is your spouse not quite the spouse you want him or her to be? Does it seem as though you will never get them trained? How many times do you have to complain to get something done? Why won't they listen? St. Ignatius of Loyola once said, 
Let the Creator deal with the creature. Ask yourself, how many times have I given my spouse to God and let him deal with him or her? That's actually the best remedy for those irritating things that you so badly want changed in your spouse. Let the Creator deal with the creature. Lay those complaints on the altar and walk away. Don't go back and get them. Leave them there. You will be pleasantly surprised to see the changes, especially the changes in yourself. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook and Parlor. Hi, this is Bishop Strickland, Bishop of the Diocese of Tyler. Thanks for listening to Rise and Walk with Richard and Julie Reyna here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Now, back to Rise and Walk with Richard and Julie. And folks, we are back. See, I didn't say just like that, but I did say just did. <laughs> anyway, so we are we are back here with more Rise and Walk on the Guadalupe usually, Radio As Network. usual, we're giggling in the background, talking about awesome things with our fabulous Although guest. Father's feed caught all that, so oh well. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making yeah, a point to, to block us out. And, on our shoulders. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, so, we're really excited about having you, Father. Welcome to Rise and Walk. Yes, yes, My yes. My pleasure. <laughs> Man, where do we start? Um, the, the, first off, the, the title, the official name of the community, what is it? Uh, San Antonio Byzantine and Melkite Catholic Outreach. Okay. Wow. You can were you, saying it correctly, right? Okay, cool. Well, so you messed can, a few words can, in there. Can but. you unpack that for us? What uh, does that mean? Um, so there are Eastern Catholics uh-huh. in San Antonio that were sort of underserved for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, our community sort of ex- has been in existence in San Antonio in one form or another since 2001. Okay. Uh, it had actually wow. uh, died, so it was, in 2007 and was res- resurrected in oh, 2008. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, um, and it was being served sort of part-time by um, a biritual priest here in San Antonio, a Dominican priest, Father Ramon Gonzalez. I knew him. I used to sing in the choir right next to him at Our Lady of Grace. Yeah. I knew him. Yes, absolutely. And and he, you know, like very often he moved around and the community moved around with him. <laughs> um, and uh, he was transferred out of state. And okay. eventually after being transferred out of state, the community was being served from a distance, from Houston. Which must have been very difficult. It was uh, Father Elias Rafaj was the, the pastor okay, in, in Houston that served them for almost okay. a, a year or so. Um, and then um, I uh, showed up on the scene, um, <laughs> and I was received into the Catholic Church by a Melkite bishop. Oh, wow. Um, I was Eastern Orthodox yes. uh, for most of my priesthood, most of, all of my life. Uh, and uh, I came into full communion. Tell us how that happened, Father. What was the <laughs> what was the straw that tipped you to well, full communion? Well, you see, um, uh, da, da, da. I, I married a Catholic girl. Oh, did you? <laughs> so, okay. so my wife Janet uh, was baptized Melkite Catholic, Eastern wow. Rite Melkite okay. Catholic, uh, and um, uh, I guess it took uh, you know <laughs> a little uh, uh, eighteen years for me to. <laughs> 
love around. What a good and holy wife. Wow. 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 She was so persistent. Many, Fortitude. So you, you've been married for 20 years? 20, almost 20 years. Okay. Very 19 nice. This year. Very wow. nice. And that would Beautiful. make you about, let me guess, 45? Oh, God bless you. No? Oh, sorry. <laughs> 51. Oh, praise oh. Jesus. You're born in 69. We're, 68. 68. Oh, he's older than us. You're, we're 51, So you're about too. to turn 52. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So all right. We're, we're, we're all officially over the hill. Yes. Yes, we are. Excuse me, Father, but I don't consider is that what it is? We coast. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this decade. So leave me alone. I'm no, no. It's the it. it's it's Mount Tabor. It's oh, it's, it's that Mount it? Tabor. We actually walked on Mount Tabor, so I know what it okay, what that means. There you go. Awesome. And so you're. This is also an unusual thing because okay, so when a priest starts talking about how he's married and has kids, people go what? And everybody turns up the volume a little bit. So explain the um the difference. I mean, because obviously we have uh priests within atonement who are also married with children, right? So what is the exception or the rule in that right that allows that? Okay, so let me give you like sort of a, a general overview of the Catholic Church to okay. see how we fit in. Okay. And even, you know, we could talk about atonement and how other rights, but we are not a right. Okay. Okay, we are a church Okay. within ah. the Catholic Church. So that means, uh, when I say we are a church, um, you know, my bishop... Uh, bishop Nicholas Samra uh, is the Melkite Bishop uh, of the United States. Okay. Eparchy? Uh, of the eparchy, okay, because cool. an eparchy is a, a large territory. So he is all of the United States. Okay. Uh, but he is part of the Synod of Antioch, of which okay. the Patriarch, Joseph, who resides in Damascus, is wow. the head under the worldwide Catholic Church. Wow. So we are wow. a apostolic church. Sui juris, which means we are a full, complete church, not lacking in anything, especially because we are in union with the with the universal Roman pontiff. Okay. Okay. So basically, you have the magisterium of the church, mm-hmm. Pope Francis, and then below that, you have the other structures which make up the Melkite Church, of okay. which I am part of. So I'm wow. imagining like little nesting dolls where there's a doll inside a doll inside a doll. Exactly. You're a doll inside the doll. Correct. Right? Correct. <laughs> what a doll. <laughs> Very yeah, cool. I, I've Very been called cool. worse things than a doll. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so that so, that so, is new to us in the sense that we're learning all th- We talked about this before you came on, and we said this is going to be so foreign to people. So many people don't know about your community. Right. We're here to sh- spread the word about that and the beautiful place you are uh, you are worshiping, and also the fundraiser that you have going on right now. So tell us a little bit something else, Father. What else did you want to ask? We were talking about a bunch of things during oh, the yeah, break. There are stuff. so many aspects that are going to be new to our listeners <laughs> that have never heard about it. Tell us about how y'all got to St. Stephen's and how that's working out for you. Uh, the arch. So as I said, our community was uh, sort of like the Israelites in the desert. In the desert. They, they, <laughs> they were pilgrims <laughs> and, and, and journeying all over the place, uh, probably at least eight or nine locations in really? seven years. Wow. Um, that's a lot. It was. Uh, and then um, they found themselves... Um, without a priest, a okay. permanent priest, when Father Ramon was transferred. Um, uh, Father Elias served them uh, from Houston, which was very difficult. So was he literally driving in every every weekend um, to have a he, he was coming in at least a couple times a month, sometimes wow. on Saturdays, etc. Wow. Uh, but then, as I said, I was received uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as a priest in the Melkite Church, and um, 
I really had no idea about this community. Okay. Uh, and um, I got a call from Father Elias, and he said, well, congratulations, <laughs> welcome, uh, Abuna, which Abuna is the Middle Eastern way of saying father. Oh, wow. Um, oh, we learned that when yeah, we were in the Holy Land. That's right, yeah, we did yeah. learn that. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, um, where can I drop off the keys? <laughs> And you said, where am I going? Because we said, how did you get to Texas? Because where are you from, Father? Uh, originally uh, born and raised in Montreal, Canada. In Montreal, Montreal, Canada. Uh, but, but like everything, um, you go where you're sent. Absolutely. In the ministry, I was sent to <laughs> Texas I- about uh, 15 years ago. Wow. Which is um, very similar to Montreal, Canada, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it, no. it, on some it's levels, okay. you can offend us. It, there's a, there's, it's a different language, definitely. Sure. <laughs> And they have the right to secede, both yeah. of them, from their union. So they're kind of similar. Kind of similar. Okay, I can see that. Uh, but um, that. having it actually came very naturally for me because uh, growing up, I spoke English, French, and a little bit okay. of Arabic. Wow. Um, and being fluent in French, I was able to pick up Spanish very easily. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, so I'm fluent in Spanish as well. Very nice. Yes, you were schooling me during the break, too. And I was like, yes. Father, <laughs> I only know, understand a little bit of what you're saying. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so then explain more about St. Stephen. So, 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 so our then, community was looking for a place, and the archdiocese had closed uh, St. Stephen's uh, mm-hmm. because of lack of support, because there's a lot of churches right next to each other yeah, in the right. west side. Um, Catholic Charities took over the hall okay. and most of the property, but there was the church that had been de-consecrated. Okay. Uh, um, you know, all uh, the communion, uh, the sacrament was removed, the the uh, altar stones were removed, So et basically it was just an empty building. But it was still a church. So sure. when we were looking for uh, a place, the generosity of the archdiocese said we could, uh, we could uh, use so it. fantastic, Father. That's great. And so we've been there over a year now. Um, and it really is a beautiful space. And mm-hmm. we're looking forward to transform it a bit. Yes. Because as you could imagine... Um, Eastern Catholic churches are very ornate. Yes, um, really gorgeous. Wow. We With are everywhere. Right? We are uh, sort of the remnant of the imperial church in Beautiful. the 8th, 9th, and 10th century Constantinople. Okay. Matter of fact, that's what makes us Byzantine, is because oh, we were part of the uh, Byzantine, Byzantine Empire. Empire, correct. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, I'm learning all about this. I know, my, uh, big old my, word, yeah. Constantinopolitan <laughs> or Byzantine so Rite. We, exactly. We exactly. homeschool father, and so I get to go through the through the, the years every with every kid. So I'm in sixth grade for the last time this year, and we're talking about <laughs> Constantinople and Byzantine Empire and all that stuff right now. So it, I feel very enlightened by my, my, my background. We, we, st- we still call it the Holy City. <laughs> Of Constantinople, nice. yeah. Wow, very nice. Beautiful. Okay, so I'm. You you were showing me during the break this beautiful calendar because we were talking about how you need to live a liturgical life. Saint Stephen's is doing a fundraiser right now because you want to beautify that beautiful church already and make it fit the customs and the beauty of your church, right? Correct, correct, correct. correct. So, so yes, our calendar um, again. Um, we 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 follow the same calendar as the the Romans uh, with various modifications that that have remained since the 10th century. Wow! Uh, and so, for example, uh, when we go to you know you were speaking about Advent, well, mm-hmm. we've already started. I know that's beautiful. So you started this Saturday. We started on the 14th. And what's kind of different and fantastic about your oh, Advent, wow, Father? Just, um, well, first of all, uh, we still have retained the. Um, uh, the practice of fasting. Mm-hmm. So in our fasting regime, which like I tell everybody on from a pastoral level, 
if you don't don't start an exercise routine without checking with your doctor, okay. Well, don't start a fasting routine until you check with your spiritual father okay. or your confessor. Okay. okay. Um, but basically, um, we have a time of increased prayer and fasting the forty days prior to the nativity of our Lord. Beautiful. Uh, and so, in some cases, it involves uh, fasting from meat, meat and dairy, meat, mm-hmm. dairy, and wine. It it can vary. Um, and it increases again in mid-December. So mm. it's it's part of the regular practice of the Eastern Catholic churches. And so, for example, as I was showing you our calendar, it's very colorful. But if you look at all the mm-hmm. dark-colored uh, days, um, those are the days of fasting. And so, you know, if you look in August, wow. there's a couple weeks before the Dormition, or y'all call oh, the Assumption. Oh, yes, we were in the Church of Dormition also right? in the Holy Land. Beautiful. Yes. So so we, we actually spend probably about 50% of our year fasting. Wow. Uh, and that's actually one way to make, you were speaking about making the Things liturgical life, and, uh, well, at home. Right. All of a sudden, uh, it makes it more real, mm-hmm. and it allows you to participate in your everyday life, and it actually helps you not to forget right. the feasts and the fasts. Because you're actually in it and you're living it, and it, it, it is very real, Father, when you have to think about your faith literally from meal to meal, right? Yes. So one of the questions I have, and I'm sure some of our listeners out there have as well, Father, um, to attend the liturgy, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yes. do you have to be Melkite? Do you have to be Byzantine? Do you have to be... What are the requirements the, you know, to attend yeah. your... Do you say, sorry, show your card. Divine liturgy. Like, How does that work? Um, uh, well, we say, first of all, you got to buy raffle tickets when you come in. <laughs> I know, oh, you left me a <laughs> So we always know it's going to go there. Right, right. <laughs> but, but in actuality, that's the beauty of the Catholic Church, uh-huh. is no... You can actually fulfill your uh, Sunday, Sunday obligation, obligation with us, Beautiful. but it's going to be a very different experience yes. for you. Okay, so this is what we were talking about before the show, Father. Explain to us what your divine liturgy, that's what you told me you call your... Mm-hmm. your ma- I was asking if yeah. it was Mass, and you said, actually, we call it divine liturgy, mm-hmm. right? Which is divine. I love that. Explain to us what people would see and hear during your divine liturgy. Well... You know, as I said, we are the remnant of the Byzantine Empire. Okay. So there's a lot of smoke and bells. Beautiful. Literally. I love it. <laughs> uh, literally, my uh, sensor has 12 bells wow. on it. Okay. Um, wow. In, in, you know, symbolic of the 12 apostles okay. and the, their sound going forth into all the world. Um, incense has been retained in our service from the ancient temple incense. Okay. Um, and... Uh, it's all saw, sing, it's all singing. Wow! Uh, the whole liturgy is sung. Okay. Uh, there are no musical instruments. There's the, the only instrument is the voice. Wow! Um, and it is uh, basically a, a, a chanted uh, liturgy between the priest and the people. Okay. And it really goes back and forth. Um, it is about an hour and fifteen minutes long. Okay. Uh, it has the same structure. As the Catholic Mass, there's a liturgy of the Word, and there's a liturgy of the Eucharist. You can okay. hear the differences. Okay. Uh, but, like, for example, uh, the epistle, which is read, is usually sung okay. uh, by a lay person out in the, uh, in the community. The gospel, I will chant the gospel. Oh, I love uh, that. And so, and so it, is, it really is sung, and it is participatory, okay. uh, because you are constantly engaged in the worship. And I think that's one of the things a visitor will experience is they're engaged. Right. Um, they're either crossing themselves or standing and sitting at uh-huh. various times. Uh-huh. You really can't fall asleep 
Uh, the only time I say that you might fall asleep is during the homily. <laughs> so I'm imagining from what I've seen, because I said, you know, people might have some images from movies or things that they've seen. I'm imagining from what I remember in different scenarios, the congregation and then a group that are are the chanting people. And then you have the sanctuary area, right? And that is only where the priest is. And maybe the do you have altar, altar servers altar and service, yeah. deacon and people like that. They're yeah. So it's beautiful. Some people think of that as, oh, well, I want to blend and we want like we want the priest in the middle of everything. There's a there's a beautiful separation because of the sanctity of the area that you get to go in. It reminds me very much of in the Old Testament. We're talking about the, the Holy, Holy of Holies. Holy of Holies. Right? Yeah, yes. Where do you think we got it from? Yes, exactly, <laughs> Father. And so I think for many of us cradle Catholics who have just you know been very it's a very generic concept, especially in the American church. We forget the glorious tradition, and and you sound like you're carrying that tradition's um, right into the present time, and it's so beautiful. And and tell me about because we we can talk all day about all the different variations of of your church, but tell me in particular how icons iconography plays a part in the beauty of your church and telling the history and and share a little bit about that. Well, you know, as you know, in the east. The, the two-dimensional uh, representation of the saints and the apostles has always been a hallmark of Eastern Christianity. Yes. As a matter of fact, from 787, uh, when icons were restored at the Ecumenical Council, mm. uh, they were restored by uh, Constantine and Helen, uh, the emperors. Okay. And so it, was, it, it became a hallmark of Eastern Christianity. Mm-hmm. Now, Western Christianity had a different tradition. They came from the Roman cultural Tradition right. that had statues and it and was part of their sculptures. Right. It was oh. part of their, but in the East we did not. Mm-hmm. Um, we only had uh, two dimensional right. uh, flat uh, depictions. And so the iconographic tradition uh, is probably the most visual. Right. And actually, when we when we talk about a building fund, you know, we're, we're, we're going to establish a building fund. Mm-hmm. Well, in, 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 in practical sense, you, we spend as much on the inside. Uh, icons as we do on the outside building wow. so it's, it's now because it's beauty in uh, i mean the entire place is covered in beautiful art i mean it's very fantastical to see everything covered in gilding and gold and the icons are just so bright and colorful right father that's why it's so expensive to do it's expensive it's it's also time consuming but mm-hmm. it's also part of a tradition absolutely so, so when you come in you know god willing if I'm still alive when we break ground, uh, at a, um, you know, it, it will, you will see like, wow, this is Eastern. Absolutely. Uh, and it is part of our tradition. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the beauty is we are still in full communion Absolutely. with the Catholic Church. And as uh, St. John Paul II spoke about, um, we are the other lung of the oh, Catholic yes. Church. Okay, yes, yes. And what he meant is that we were part and parcel. We Neither was better or worse we were complementary, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that that I'm very proud of, yes. uh, of making real uh, that that our Eastern traditions uh, are neither better or worse, but complementary and an, and an expression of the fullness of the faith. You know, our our previous general manager, one of our previous general managers in our Washington D.C. station, his wife wrote icons. And I, I didn't fully understand that till I, you know, chatted with her briefly, and you know, we've learned more and more about icons. But I love 
Something about icons the concept. just draws Okay, so in. people may not even understand what you're saying when you say they wrote an icon. So if I may, Father, this this when we're talking about iconography, we're talking about art that looks like this. And I'm sure people have experienced seeing things like these. I mean, it's becoming more popular than it used to be. I can't remember iconography very much as a young person. But now nowadays, you can see iconography being sold in just general Catholic yeah. merchandising companies. Yeah, it's, yeah, very, yeah. it's very common. Um, but people don't understand that an icon is said to be written, not painted. And every single thing on this image is specific to something. Mm-hmm. It means something. It tells a story. Or there's all the um, sim- uh, symmetry and the symbolism and everything is very important. Right, Father? It is it is part of the living tradition of the Eastern Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. It's it's part of a living tradition mm-hmm. in that there are, like the canonical tradition, mm-hmm. there are rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, faux pas. There's, you know, mm-hmm. things that you do not do. Right. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Um, we do not depict in the iconographic tradition God the Father. Really? Okay. Why? So there's no images of no him image. as an old man, no, or no, okay. not, not not the ones that are considered proper, right? right. Because why he was not incarnate, so he doesn't have a body, mm. so you don't therefore picture him with exactly. a body. Exactly. So how about the Holy Spirit? What do you do? Every for once the, in a while, you see a dove somewhere, okay. but it's not know? as common as it is in in maybe Roman Roman artwork or okay. Uh, but but uh, our depiction. Uh, of the of God is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was incarnate in Absolutely. the flesh, and so we can depict Him. And so, interestingly enough, on our icon screen, which uh, we spoke about, what the building of the church looks like with the three parts. Uh-huh. The three parts uh, correspond with the temple worship, being the uh, the 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 narthex, the outside, right. the entry. The the nave, which is where everyone gathers, the and the sanctuary, yes. which is the inner part. Okay. And so we will. Part of our fundraising is to um, uh, is to install an icon screen, a beautifully right. carved wooden icon screen, um, for the sanctuary, okay. which will have icons on the outside. Sure. Uh, and you know that being said, it is remnant of the uh, ancient temple worship. And when you come in there, you'll realize that this is something different. Yes. Um, and I'm just, I'm always amazed at, you know, when people come and visit, uh-huh. their reaction. Um, <laughs> you know, because it is so different. It's very different, And we're yes. looking forward to it. You know, we, we, I, we've received many, many, many an invitation, and you've invited us as well. So that's obviously... And it sounds like you're just a couple of blocks down from where we're at for our traditional Latin Mass with our beloved... Father Juan Carlos at St. Timothy's. You're just like a couple of blocks down on Zarzamora. We're, 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 we're right next to Catholic Charities. Matter of fact, where Catholic Charities do all their food distribution, uh-huh. the St. Stephen's Pantry. Beautiful. Uh, we're the former St. Okay, Stephen's. Okay, so what is the address of uh, 2127. 2127 Zarzamora. Zarzamora. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Now, I, I want to make sure and touch on this. You know, you, we've mentioned raffle tickets a couple of times and, and raising funds for the parish. Uh, let's just put it out there. What do the raffle tickets cost? What's going on? Tell, tell us about the, the raffle as well, because I'm going to be selling some of these. So, folks, if you want to buy them, come buy them from me. He's been commissioned. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, and by the way, if anyone, and I've, I've said this, if anyone doubts our Catholicity, <laughs> this segment should. should yes, should, because it's very Catholic. 
Catholic it to, is. To, it is. to raffle. <laughs> it I was going to say to gamble, but we'll say it more beautifully, raffle. <laughs> and, and I don't know if we'll ever get to the bingo stage. <laughs> we, we may not be that Catholic. <laughs> but, but certainly... Um, you know, we are doing, a, this is our first year raising funds for our building fund. Very cool. Uh, the Archdiocese, again, has been so gracious uh, to let us use St. Nice. Stephen's. But eventually we're going to want to build something Beautiful. elsewhere. Okay. Uh, and so we have to start the, the the work of raising funds. Okay. Um, we are, we started it with a 60-40 raffle where 60% of the sales go to the building fund, uh, 40% gets gets uh, divided Which and sounds we're pretty sweet we're, we're estimating and here's the beautiful thing because <laughs> we're so calendar oriented mm -hmm. this is a advent calendar raffle oh, very good. so that means on all the sundays in december okay we are doing a drawing after oh, the wow. liturgy wow we'll, we're going to bring out the the old uh, raffle drum <laughs> uh, and we're going to do four drawings of a thousand dollar gift card wow uh we're going to do four drawings uh, on each of the Sundays, okay, uh, and uh, that's what makes it the calendar, and it's the Advent. Very uh, cool. Their tickets are ten dollars each, okay, um, and it's for four drawings. You get four chances at a thousand dollars. You can get them here. At, I'm leaving some at the radio station. Um, you can get them through Richard, or uh, if you want to get them digitally and you don't want to make it, okay. with, you can come to our uh, Facebook page, um, Melkite Catholic. Um, Byzantine Catholic in San Antonio, or okay. our website, uh, www.melkitecatholicsa.com. And so okay. you can get it You can get it through there. Uh, and what we're doing is um, we can process the That's payment great. online. And, and, you know, in this pandemic, we've had to uh, find Think creative ways, ways right. to, no kidding. Uh, to, to raise funds and to do things digitally. Thanks be to God, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, uh, still part of the Generation X. Uh, that, 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 that I've you, lost track of what generation is, what know, generation, right? Father. Uh, I don't follow that, too. I'm too, out of, I'm too out of the scope to figure it out. Yeah, if you're just tuning in right now, we're speaking with Father John Meffridge of the, again, hopefully I say it right, Byzantine and Melkite Outreach. Um, Catholic. Catholic, uh, yes, here in San Antonio. Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. Got to say, make sure people grasp. Yes, yes, know, yes. Uh, Valid Eucharist. Uh, listen, you know, I want to make sure you say all the right words because people ask me, is, is it legit? Yes, yes it is. Father, legit. Absolutely. Legit. And, Father's and, legit. And, and, and as a matter of fact, <laughs> I, I, will, I will put this little plug. We do have the best tasting communion in town. Oh, yes, you were telling us <laughs> that. I was like, so, like, what? So, which is which is very unique thing to say because uh, nobody else can say that. So what, say that. what makes right, it unique, right. Father? Because I want to prepare people. If he they do come right. for the he Eucharist. Right, right. So... We distribute the Eucharist in both species by spoon. Oh, yes. So, so Oh, yes, I do remember right, that. Right. Yes. So bread and wine, the body and the blood are commingled in the chalice. Okay. And the priest uh, distributes by spoon. Okay. Normally, it's a silver spoon or a golden spoon. Okay. And now, during the pandemic, we're using single-use wooden spoons. I was going to say, how are you that doing that, Father? Okay. I, you know, wow. I burned them later and... And we'll be Where offering there's a will, to my, there's a way, Father. When there's a will, there's a way. It is. There is. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that's how, you know, for us, that is a bit of an innovation sure, in the ninth century. Sure. Uh, Byzantium, it was the fancy capital. And so they used a golden spoon. Wow. Because um, it's Jesus, it's precious wow. Lord. Yeah. Of course it's golden. Um, but also one of the things that is a little bit different is we use leavened bread. Wow. And so... Uh, and that was initially to distinguish between temple worship and the new covenant worship, the okay. new community. Mm. Um, and also, uh, it's, it's commonly also held in tradition that uh, 
that the new church, the new covenanted community was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit is the leaven. Makes in, it rise. Oh, it makes it rise. I love that. Very nice. I like it. The Holy Spirit <laughs> cooking up some good stuff. <laughs> so, so I know we've touched on, you said a church within a church. As, if I'm not mistaken, there are like 23, 24. 24, counting the Romans. Okay, gotcha. the, the Roman Catholics are cool. 98% of worldwide Catholics. That's the, why we've never heard of you, Father, because we're just swimming around in the 98%. Right. And that, that's okay. <laughs> but, but better late than never. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be, better late than never. And you've been around long enough. You have a community now. So if people are interested, what time is your divine liturgy? Sunday yes. mornings at 1030. Sunday uh, mornings you can either come in person or watch us through Facebook okay. Live. Oh, that would be lovely for people if they're... They're a little bit curious, and and they're they're not yet willing to like drive to the site. It'd be beautiful to listen to watch the live stream, right, Father? Yeah, yeah and get yeah. familiar with what they're going to see and hear, and that might even more encourage them to actually go out to see you at St. Stephen's. And when it comes to the liturgy, the divine liturgy, uh, are there worship aids for those attending to follow along to participate? I mean, is that all provided there, or yep, I'm sure yep, they can yep. download? And, and what we're doing is we're giving them to people to keep. Okay. Uh, because we can't go right. back nowadays in the pandemic. Right. We're not reusing uh, stuff. Gotcha. But yes, of course. And they can follow along. But what I encourage people is uh, when they come, it, when they when they come for the first time, uh, be prepared to receive communion You know, the same way. Properly. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I always have to remind my, my Catholic brethren, please don't stick out your tongue. Um, it's it, different from it's, the it, traditional Latin Right, mass. right. Don't mass. stick out your tongue because I have to... And, <laughs> You know, just <laughs> practically, don't stick out your tongue. Right, uh, and uh, and then just watch. Don't don't try to follow along present. in the book. Just be present mm-hmm. right. and be immersed. You have to remember this liturgy uh, is the is the liturgy of uh, the ninth, tenth century Byzantium, mm-hmm. and it was the liturgy that converted uh, back then Prince Vladimir wow. of the Rus, where. Uh, as, Saint Vladimir, yeah, Saint Vladimir, okay. but he was the prince. He was the prince of the mm-hmm. Russian people mm-hmm. of the Rus, and uh, sent legates to all over the world. And when they went to the Church of Holy Wisdom in Constantinople, mm-hmm. uh, they experienced what they said was heavenly worship, and, and it converted wow. a whole nation because of that. So, so <laughs> wow. it's really you know, I mean, now granted, I'm not as uh, not, not not as much bling. Are you as prolific? <laughs> no, uh, but. Uh, it it is you know I'm sure it's it's incredible and I was asking you when you first arrived well can people expect to understand yes. what you're saying okay so tell us a little bit about the the languages because you were telling me it's more than just correct um, the, the 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 Eastern Catholic Church has always been in the language of the people the okay. vernacular we okay. we um, now it is the Greek Catholic Church so we are the the, the Catholic churches that were by nature uh, Greek speaking, not okay. Latin speaking. Oh wow! Okay. 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 So we were the Greek East versus the Latin West, um, and so there is a little bit of Greek mm-hmm. in our, uh, just like um, uh, there's a little bit of Greek in a regular Latin Mass. You'll yeah. say yes. you'll say Christe eleison. Yes. Kyrie eleison is not Latin, by the way. Yes. For those of you, yeah, yeah. Kyrie uh, eleison is Greek, right? And it it shows that there was once a uh, organic connection between the two right. historically. Um, in 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 our liturgy, it's eighty uh, percent English, okay, uh, maybe ten percent uh, Spanish, 
uh, and wow. maybe 10% Greek. You mix it up. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we're in San Antonio, yeah. so <laughs> if, if I didn't do any Spanish, I'd be like alienating 80% of the people. Wow. Um, so uh, you know, can you show this around how many uh, people? I was just going to ask that. How many people are actually attending on your given Sunday? Uh, on, a, on a given Sunday. Is I know the, the times the are different. Yeah. yeah we're, we're at about like 60 or 70 okay. uh, regular attendees. Because you look like you can have... Quite, I don't know. You're obviously being kept to a limit, Father, during this time, as all churches are. But like you, you seem to have the capacity to have a, a very nice number or quantity of in the congregation when we get back opened up and things. So thanks be to God. Saint, you know, St. Stephen's was was built as a large church. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, what we've had to do is because we don't have a hall. <laughs> prior to the pandemic, the 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 last. Uh, or at least half of the church or a third of the church, mm-hmm. we removed the pews and we made it into a social area mm-hmm. where with tables where people could <laughs> sit and have coffee and visit sure. uh, after church. Like Because mm-hmm. like, your com- community needed a place to be together, right? Ha- you were else you can have coffee. I know. Right. When you're and, wandering and, in the desert for 40 years. And you also have to remember, <laughs> um, uh, one of the practical things is, you know, in the Eastern uh, Church, um, there is a longer Eucharistic fast. Remember, I said there's more fasting in the year. Uh, okay. Oh. There's also a longer Eucharistic. So, fast how long do you have to fast from midnight for... the okay. night before? Which is used to be what yeah, everyone I was did. Yeah, say it used to be like yeah, okay, yes. cool. And and uh, like I said, you know, we're we're still a remnant of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, pre-Vatican. You know, it was, it was funny. Um, I went to some grads. I went to a grad school in California. And they would talk about the postmodern church, right? <laughs> and, and I was—I remember thinking, "Well, that's the post." So I looked up postmodern. Like, oh, it doesn't really that, have anything that, to do with that's not us. <laughs> so I said, "Oh, maybe we're modern. Maybe we're 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 one step back." And I read modern, and like, no, we no, didn't, it didn't enter really modernity. Have... <laughs> so we are we are a pre-modern. You're like a jewel that's been untouched, ancient beauty that is still alive today that people can actually experience. And it's truth and loveliness right now in San Antonio. In little San Antonio, Texas, you can actually get a piece of heaven in this beautiful rite that is ancient and lovely and glorious. I love it. Encourage well, I everyone. Say it you be that, Encourage people, everyone. Amen, my goodness. Sister. My goodness. <laughs> You're the oasis in the desert, Father. <laughs> so again, uh, where are you located? I want people to grasp, you know, over and over. So South Zarzamora, uh, right next to Catholic Charities, 2127 South Zarzamora. Okay. Um, uh, if you see, you'll see Catholic Charities on one side and we're the church at the other side and the parking okay. lot is in the middle. Sunday mornings at 1030, uh, com. Excellent. Excellent. Very um, nice. So I, I love the discussion. I love learning more about how you worship uh, the the fundraiser, the community. Um, the, I've encountered the calendar you have alone. That I know. You showed I'm us going to take that from amazing. Father. <laughs> um, because wouldn't it be lovely to follow that fasting uh, guide? It would just for people who are interested in really upping their Advent um, uh, experience. I would highly suggest you go to what the church teaches. And it sounds like this community is really following the gloriousness of, because there's so much fruit, right, Father? There's so much benefit that comes from this act of penitence, this act of fasting and praying and, and, and building up towards the Christmas celebration. And, and if we take for granted, like the world does, that we can skip things, like I see people skipping 
Thanksgiving completely. And, and our fabulous uh, father friend, Father Abel, is always calling it Thanksgiving to God Day. Oh, Thanksgiving yes. to God yes. Day. We cannot forget to give thanks to God. So we must not skip the liturgical sections of the year because maybe they're harder. Maybe we feel like, well, the culture is telling us to jump ahead. So take advantage of what Father is mentioning and, and really think about how am I going to encourage my wife, my husband, my children to live more faithfully the liturgical year? And you will see the benefit, right, Father? You will yeah. see that fruit. And, you know, also one of the things that that, that is um, <clears throat> emphasized in the Eastern Catholic tradition is these things, prayer and fasting and Sunday Home attendance are essential, okay, mm-hmm. but they're not mandated. So okay. here's an interesting, because we were not part of that, uh, Roman legalism, mm-hmm. you know, we, we and that's for good or for bad because we mm-hmm. were a bit disorganized. <laughs> okay, um, uh, but we we don't have a concept of um, Sunday obligation. Oh, really? Okay, no, they, no we don't. Wow, uh, we have um, the fact that the Sunday uh, liturgy and Eucharistic participation is essential. Okay, but it's not mandated. Okay, so it's the same thing with fasting. Sure. Fasting is essential to your spiritual life. Prayer is essential, uh, but it's not mandated uh, because God has created us in his image according to his likeness of which free will. I was going to say, actually, that's even more beautiful to say that it's essential and not mandated because then that means that you are conforming your will. We're talking about conforming your will to God's will. It's it's not that you have to do it. It's that you want to be conforming yourself to God's will and he will use that act of fasting and praying and being at divine liturgy to mold your will towards his. So it's that's actually a beautiful definition of the two, and it makes it perfect sense to yeah, use those I, two and categories. I love that approach. It's funny. Yes, I'm glad it's the very way beautiful. you say that, because at least for me, it kind of draws you into Absolutely. wanting to do Absolutely. it even more. Because if you say something's essential, and didn't we have all these discussions during the pandemic about what is essential? If you say something is essential, then it's necessary and it's just so important. So we're going to continue the conversation, obviously, on the other side That's after right. we we're going leave to all so our we're listeners. We're about to end this part of it right now, folks. So please don't go anywhere. Follow us on Facebook because we're going to end this part of it on the air. God bless you all. We'll catch you in just a few seconds. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Rise and Walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. To listen or watch again, go to iTunes or visit the Guadalupe Radio Network Facebook page. Have a question or comment? Email us at riseandwalk at grnonline.com. And make sure to join us next week for another episode of Rise and Walk. Hi there, Richard Reina here. On December 1st, we'll begin our 2020 Christmas share to help keep Catholic Radio on the air here in South and Central Texas. We'll be celebrating our 20-year anniversary of the Guadalupe Radio Network and ask that you please call in to renew your pledge or become one of the new GRN family members helping to keep our airwaves Catholic. Thank you and know that we pray for you every single day. Do you need a will and keep putting it off? Do you need guidance on settling the estate of a loved one who's passed away? 
Gilson Law Firm is a faith-centered team of legal professionals who can help you navigate the probate process and put your final affairs in order. I'm attorney Sim Gilson, a sponsor of GRN. When we meet, we'll talk about Catholic health directives and charitable giving, about faith and family. To learn more about our team, visit tricountylawyer.com and make 2020 the year you put your final affairs in order. Hey, Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer? The gospel of Luke. Do we worship Mary? No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.